It's the odd, odd, odd to Newfoundland. Ghostly greetings from your host, Jonathan. Mysteries, ghosts, monsters, and lore. East Coast esoterica and so much more. If it's up to you, friend, it's on the up to you, found line. Ghostly greetings from the oldest city in North America. I'm your host, John Mallard, bringing you the best in East Coast esoterica. You, my friends, have stumbled upon the Odd the Newfoundland Paranormal Podcast. Welcome to episode 249 of your favorite paranormal variety show. And having you here is better than going down to CBC and, and talking about selling my ghost hunting gear and getting back into professional wrestling. Super, super exciting times over here. I hope you're all well. I know it's been a little while since we actually had a, you know, a little, little powwow like this and, and also uh, paranormal news, but the reality of it is I've just been really, really busy and I hope you guys enjoyed our last interview. It came out a couple of weeks ago. It was so good. So good, guys. And I hope you enjoyed that. And uh, from time to time, man, like, you know, you're going to see episodes like that. But the reality of it is, this is a variety show. You don't know what you're going to get when you tune in. I'll tell you right now that this is going to be a paranormal news segment. I'm going to cover a lot of the main stories I might have missed over the last few months and just kind of jog your memory about a lot of stuff, as well as some more recent stuff like Miley Cyrus is in the news this week, man. Like, I'm telling you right now, that new song she put out, I Can Give Myself Flowers, that Coley Roasted Bruno Mars's like, breakup song with her, like, she's got an even better paranormal thing to tell you about, Okay. Before I dig in, I just want to make sure that all my oddballs out there know that this show is still alive and going strong. Yes, it's true. I sold my beloved ghost hunting gear, the very gear I used to write my first book, the Newfie EVP, Talking with the Dead, in Newfoundland book. And, uh, you know, it was an emotional thing to have to part with, no doubt. But the reality of it is, is I haven't been investigating with that gear in almost two years. It's time to pass it on to somebody else who's chomping at the bit to... Talk to the other side. And, uh, you know, Justin Foley over at Foley Entertainment bought it. I'm hoping that he's going to do something wonderful with it. I know that he's got plans for a TV show and things like that. So let's hope that all works out just fine for Justin. Also, uh, you know, it's not the end of me as a paranormal podcaster. If anything, this means it's going to free up even more time now to focus on that as I don't have to deal with the constant calls and, and emails from people about, well, hauntings and, and wondering what's going on. Uh, still no word back about that TV show I filmed in Halifax about a year ago. I'm thinking it probably never got picked up this last season because there was just so much going on on the network. Hopefully it does get picked up and I'll let you guys know when that does arrive. Um, with the ghost hunting gear gone, I got more time on my hands. I've been hitting the weights, trying to get in shape, you know, getting ready for something really cool, which is my return to professional wrestling. And the really cool thing about that is I'm going to document that right here on the Odd the Newfoundland Paranormal Podcast for all the wrestling fans turned paranormal fans and paranormal fans turning wrestling fans. Uh, thank you so much for just being there for me. Um, you know, I, I don't really have um, my family behind me on these things. Do you know what I mean? Like, they, they're kind of there, but they're they're not really, shall we say, cheering me on. They're, they're, they're nervous about me going back to wrestling, obviously. And to be quite honest with you... It, 
yes, the people who care about you in life will kind of always try to bring you back down to earth when you do something crazy. But the problem is, last January, I was in a coma for two weeks. I woke up and recovered for a week, and I realized how very fleeting and short life truly is. I don't know how many years I got left to do what I love to do before I'm too old to do it. And there's the other part of it too. The paranormal is always going to be there. Five, ten years from now, maybe I say, hey man, I want to buy some more PSP7s to go go something in cemeteries. Who's going to stop me? No one. You want to know why? Because you can do anything you want to do. And that's what this is all about. A resurgence, so to speak. Me and two very close friends of mine have recently purchased a 20 by 20 professional wrestling ring and set. And uh, we are the few and we'll be debuting sooner than later. So that's that's all I'm giving you. And uh, I'm going to document that journey with you guys as well. So cool. Anyhow, moving on. Professional wrestling, back burner. Paranormal, front burner. It's time for the paranormal news. <laughs> Somewhere between the funnies <laughs> and, and the obituaries is oh, oh yes the paranormal news <laughs> Miley Cyrus what can I say new CD gotta love it I'm a personal fan of her covers actually there's a couple of covers she's done that are really really good but anyway that's beside the point let's talk Hannah Montana baby since she became an adult Miley Cyrus's career has been defined by pushing the boundaries of what people might have expected her as a daughter of country singer Billy Ray Cyrus and the lead of Disney Channel's Hannah Montana, her fans already know that she doesn't really fit into any box when it comes to what kind of performer and celebrity she is. And apparently, even aliens from another planet have taken notice. Since the star claimed in a 2020 interview that she was once chased down, quote-unquote, by some sort of UFO, very interesting stuff. Miley Cyrus has many outlandish moves that have caused controversies over the years. By the time she sat down with fashion designer Rick Owens for an interview in 2020, her public image was, you know, comparatively tame, really. When the former child star opened up about her UFO encounter, she had six solo albums under her belt and was making headlines for, quote-unquote, finding herself. As Elle put in 2019, rather than apologizing to cyberbullying Selena Gomez and Demi Lovato in 2008, or for her intense sensitive comments about hip-hop music and culture in 2017. During the discussion, Owens and Miley talked about the new music she was recording, being creative during the coronavirus, and living on the road, which brought them to extraterrestrial life. The designer told a story about staying on a ranch near Area 51 for her 57th birthday, which is when Cyrus asked him if he believes in aliens. I don't really, but it seems a little arrogant to assume there's nobody else but us, Owens responded to Cyrus, about alien life. To which she replied, that's what I think. She then went into details of what she believes was her brush with something from another planet, though she didn't indicate exactly when this brush occurred. I was driving through San Bernardino with my friend, and I got chased down by some sort of UFO, Cyrus said. I'm pretty sure about what I saw. But I'd also bought weed wax from a guy in a van in front of a taco shop. So it could have been the weed wax. <laughs> Way to ruin the article for us, Miley. <laughs> eh, I just thought it was funny to kind of read it with you guys. But truth be told, have you guys had missing time? Has it ever happened to you? Is there proof out there of UFOs? Hmm. Interesting stuff to talk about. 
Let's go from UFOs now and jump right into some paranormal activity. This is an article that came out a little while ago, and lucky us, there's actually a news story as well. I'm going to go ahead and play that for you guys right now. It's the time of year when we hear all kinds of stories about haunted houses and haunted buildings. Yeah, that's right. You know, and in Clinton, those types of stories lead you to the J.R. Doherty building on Main Street. It was a furniture store and apartment complex for half a century. Today... The walls and ceilings are peeling apart. The stairs and floor creak with every step. Windows are broken. Dozens of rooms have been vacant for decades. At night, the darkness really creates an eerie, eerie setting. And some say along with all that, this building is also the home of a ghost. Back here is where a lot of people say they feel people touching them. They feel uh, chills, their hair will stand up on their arms. Melissa Kay has spent a lot of time in the old J.R. Doherty Furniture Store building, and she's had some unexplained incidents happen while inside the old structure. Just about, was maybe right about here, and I heard somebody come running up the stairs behind me, like, you know. And so I jumped to the side. Like it went past you. Yeah, and I jumped to the side to let whoever it was go past, but there's nobody there. Kay says she can't explain what happened. How do you make sense of what happened? I think there's a lot we don't know. And I think that even though we may say, oh, it's ghosts or it's J.R. Doherty, maybe something else we don't know. We don't have the equipment to understand yet right. or the intelligence to understand. Kay's experience is just one of many that people have reported in the 85-year-old building. She adds that here, the paranormal is the normal. You know, the window opening and closing on its own, lights turning on and off on their own furniture moving around on its own. Kay says the former owner of the store, J.R. Doherty, died in his upstairs apartment 35 years ago. And she's come to believe it's possible his body was removed, but he never left. The activity has come and gone. And it seems like when Craig Hansen first bought the building and started working on it, uh, they were experiencing a lot of things. Furniture was moving around on its own. Footsteps were everywhere, but there was nobody in the building. She says when Mr. Hansen, the current owner of the building and owner of the Cadence Craft and Trade Store inside, finally moved Mr. Doherty's belongings out of his apartment, someone or something didn't like it. Uh, he comes down here and all the lights are on. All the alarms are going off, and there's all this stuff that's been smashed and broken everywhere. And there was no sign of a break-in. There was no sign of anybody coming in or breaking it, you know, or being in the building at all. Right. Kay wonders if that was Mr. Doherty, and wonders if he was behind the constant opening of a closed window. Kept, I kept my eyes on it and watched the window, because I wanted to see it yeah. actually open on its own, right? And so, I mean, for 20 minutes, I was here with my kids and we watched and watched. Right. We got distracted looked away for about 20 seconds we look back over it's open i mean somebody could not have like ran by right. and opened it and disappeared in that amount of time that we weren't looking some things in the old store like this doll case that Kay set up just add to the curiosity and the chill dolls are creepy you know who doesn't like a good creepy doll <laughs> the one with no hair and a spider on his head that just doesn't you know that was a special touch yeah that this yeah that <laughs> but stories about the ghost of the building's former owner really make you wonder i don't know there's a lot of things you can't explain a lot of things you can't explain <laughs> the old
A lot of things you can't explain. Well, I'll tell you what, I can't explain it. And now, I can't even document it because I sold my ghost hunting gear. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. This is in Tennessee anyway, dudes. How am I supposed to get there? <laughs> really interesting stuff. I mean, they, they got the classic footsteps going up and down the stairs. They got things opening and moving around and closing. And it's just a creepy looking place anyway, guys. Just, just. Check it out. Check it out. It's a Tennessee. I think you guys will uh, have a little bit of fun checking out that one. If you're a ghost hunter, maybe you can even get in there. <laughs> or, you know, you can just stay home and watch your paranormal DVDs. But is it possible for a DVD to be haunted? I mean, come on. I think about The Ring, the haunted videotape. I, I think about that kind of stuff. I suppose a DVD can also be haunted. But when you got somebody of note, somebody who's very famous, I'm not going to say, you know... Miley Cyrus isn't as famous as his person, but I think he's better well-known all over the world. Steven Spielberg believed his Paranormal Activity DVD was actually haunted. Steven Spielberg was one of the most, if not the most, iconic movie directors in all of Western cinema, with his name synonymous with some of his films in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. The Spielberg name is now synonymous with blockbusters and crowd-pleasing wonder, with even his more dramatic films having a sense of heartwarming humanity, thus most women associated with horror. Though he was quite a history with the gene, with the genre, both behind the camera and in front of the TV, Steven Spielberg wrote and arguably co-directed the 80s horror flick Poltergeist, but his most haunting horror movie experience involved the film Paranormal Activity. While he was just as enthusiastic about the original entry in the franchise as others were, his reasons were just as terrifying as anything on screens. Here's the real story of what happened. Despite how massive and bloated the franchise will become, the original Paranormal Activity was an independent film that cost less than a quarter mil to make. It'd go on to make nearly $200 million in a box office, though. Before that happened, it had to make the rounds of film festivals and similar circuits. The Oren Pell-directed movie Presence at the 2007 Screenfest Horror Film Festival would begin to generate more hype, eventually catching the eye of some very big names in the film industry. Despite not being selected for entry at the prestigious Sundance Film Festival, Paranormal Activity was looked at by several big film companies, including, including, you guessed it, executives at DreamWorks, which was actually a subsidiary of Steven Spielberg's Amblin. Thus, the director of Jurassic Park would himself take a look at the movie, but his experience was even scarier than one most audiences had while watching. Spielberg was given a DVD copy of Paranormal Activity to watch at home. Though this was long before the movie was actually given to a theatrical release, in fact, it wasn't even the final version of that film, with the one given for Spielberg's approval being re-edited afterward, despite the content of classic found footage film, its scariest element came to Spielberg after the credits rolled. According to the director himself, he was unable to open his bedroom after watching the movie, with the empty room's door mysteriously locking on its owner. Though he was able to fix the issue thanks to a helpful locksmith, the incident shook him to his core. Believing that the DVD of the movie itself was haunted by seemingly demonic presence, Steven Spielberg took his copy and sent it back from whence it came in a trash bag. Despite the chilling situation, the director liked the film, and its intentions to scare audience were obviously successful because he was terrified himself. He was at odds with the original ending, though, however, which saw him give the movie's director extra money to film a new conclusion. Said ending was one of the most film's notable moments, of course, and it's all thanks to perhaps its most famous victim. Fortunately for audiences, but unfortunately for Spielberg himself, Paranormal Activity had the right kind of horror to cause a long-running franchise of frights. And 
I mean, what better way to get a big exec to take your movie seriously than, you know, making it haunted, <laughs> attaching a spirit to it and sending it to him? Listen, give our movie money and, and bigger screen time or we are going to possess you for the rest of your days. I, I think he got off easy personally. Thank God they weren't like uh, witch doctors or, or any practicing wickers there. I, I think he would have been in real, real trouble. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Start spreading the news. I'm just outside town. Everyone wants a pick of me. Sasquatch, Sasquatch. If I could make it there, the place will smell like underwear. It's up to you, New York. Sasquatch, do, 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 do. Is Bigfoot real? Well, Sasquatch sightings rumored to have been circulating upstate New York might point to, yes, is Bigfoot real and alive in upstate New York? Mayville, New York resident Peter Weimer told WGRZ that he's heard from 45 eyewitnesses who claim to have seen the legendary Sasquatch in the area around Chautauqua Lake, located 60 miles just south of Buffalo. There's a hundred or more witnesses. According to him, according to WGRZ, the county is packed with dense forests and deep gorges where a large animal could live but rarely be seen. Like the black bear, Weimer, who responds to annual Lake Bigfoot Expo event for believers and fans, he's actually been a part of that, says footprints seen in nearby Asheville, New York, are further evidence that Sasquatch truly is out there. Whitehall, located in Washington country north of Albany, has also had a large number of Sasquatch sightings lately that led to it being dubbed the Bigfoot capital of the East Coast. In 1976, multiple witnesses, including local police and New York State troopers, said they saw a man-like beast standing over seven, eight foot tall and covered with hair, similar to the famous 1967 images captured by Roger Patterson in California. A blurry photo from a Whitehall trail came to 2010 and is among hundreds of reported Bigfoot sightings across the state. And me, I'm not surprised in the least. I mean, if I'm a Bigfoot, I'm seven or eight feet tall, I'm a half a ton, and I'm hungry most of the time, I want me some of that good old-fashioned New York deep dish pizza. Give me the grease, baby. That's what it's all about. Hey, can't you see I'm squatching here? On to the next. Now, originally when I read this article, what caught my eyes is said, Doctor Who experienced afterlife says it was like Plato's word of ideals. And it caught my eye because I saw Doctor Who experienced afterlife. And I was like, oh, man, I got to put that up there in memory of Steve Lake. But then I realized, no, no, this 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 real life Doctor Who has experienced an afterlife. It says it was like Plato's word. This, this person, this actually happened to this guy. Even Alexander, a neurosurgeon doctor who claims to have experienced the afterlife during a seven-day coma, says the experience was like Plato's world of ideals. In 2008, Dr. Eben Alexander went to a coma after catching an acute bacterial infection that had a severe neurological impact on his brain. For seven days, he lay unconscious. Eh, my homie. When he awoke, he described seeing a beautiful spiritual guide on a beautiful wing that took him through a wormhole. Sharing a story with the U.S. Sun, Dr. Alexander described the land of beautiful, very lush, flourishing meadow into crystal blue pools. Absolutely spectacular. He also talked about Gateway Valley. 
He authored the book Proof of Heaven, A Neurosurgeon's Journey, and dedicated his life to proving the existence of heaven. Dr. Alexander made it clear to the U.S. Sun that recent medical reports show that his mind was in no shape to have any dream or hallucination. Even so, he still miraculously managed to experience a life-changing encounter. While in the coma that had him fighting for his life, he began seeing dark images that sounded pretty haunting. Nevertheless, he recalls not being afraid of the experience, although he noted that while describing to people what heaven was like, they would not be fit find it a very pleasant place. And talking about what he witnessed, he recounted how he was surrounded by unformed blacknessness and had no memory of his own life. Luckily, however, he was saved by a white light that came up along a perfect musical melody. Alexander recalled that all that ushered me up through this wormhole or light portal up to the gateway, as I call it. The presence of pure love, he stated, Sparkling blue eyes, high cheekbones, high forehead, and broad smile, although she didn't speak a word. Describing the spiritual guide to his final destination, the core, he says, was filled with messages of pure and adulterated love while he rode on a butterfly wing. Man, this guy had so much more fun than I did. I was freaking kidnapped by the Yakas and left for dead and thought I had mites in my ears when I woke up. Yeesh. The doctor also told U.S. Sun that during this week-long coma, he passed through multiple levels, always receiving the same message that you are deeply loved and cherished forever and you have nothing to fear. I cannot tell you how powerful an experience that was, but that was really just the beginning. He now perceives religion as something that should unite all people and firmly believes that if it doesn't, it should be discarded. Recovery from the afterlife has been 100% trying for this man. I was sitting on bed, on the bed like this. Buddha was just saying all as well and looking everyone deeply in the eyes, yet he noted that he now remembers none of that really, really interesting stuff. Oh, guys, it was so good to get back to a traditional form, you know? It's been a while since I got a chance to do some paranormal news with you guys and just talk about all the wild and wonderful things out there. Man, I really wish you guys would tell me more about your paranormal experiences. Have you ever wanted to tell your story on air or maybe get a hold of me? It's really easy to do. All you got to do is email J-O-N-C-M-A-L-L-A-R-D at Hotmail.com. That's John C. Maller at Hotmail.com. You guys can email me there and tell me your ghost story and I'll read it on air sometime. Just a thought. Anyway, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you once again for joining me. I'll be back in a couple of weeks with another guest. Until then, stay odd, folks. Because if it's odd to you, it's on the odd to Newfoundland.